Okay, hello, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. We are here with our guys from labs. We got William over there and Matt down there. Uh, so today uh, for our live labs, live labs open office hour. Um, today our big topic for today is going to be, of course, but you know it's the hot topic right now. Of course, is uh, the Intel 10th Gen CPU launch, which I have to say is mildly confusing because I thought we'd already launched the 10th, the 10K series stuff, but apparently that was the X. Like, I think that's like yes. the kind of the same issue we had um, What with the X99, X299 sort of thing. It's mm -hmm. like the not quite like workstation Xeon style. It's like a weird in-between consumer grade workstation server. Right? I, yeah. And desktop. Yeah, oh, high-end high desktop. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so in a it is then in a similar track as the the X X ninety nine X two ninety nine that series of, of no CPUs. no these well, are that, these are the, the consumer ones now. So so yeah, what had <laughs> launched was those. Yeah, was... It, it was it was like the ten nine eighty those kind of things. The X two ninety nine stuff launched I don't know six months ago or something like that. And those aren't okay. tenth gen. Those are like. How? fourth gen or fifth gen of that that line or something like that and then we've had laptop 10th gen has been out for a while and now it's the desktop consumer 10th gen that is out this... now which is a little bit confusing because <laughs> some of the model numbers we, we've had the 10900x for a while because that's the x series uh -huh. now we have the 10900k so and you know the... x's and k's don't look at all alike no so no and one's ever is... going to confuse any of those and that was this 10 is... series this is 10th gen so yes you know well in the x series, series and generations like a... are different well and the x series there's no like ten... like we call them like the x10,000 series but that's just our yeah. own internal monk here like there is no di differentiation from intel like you go to like the intel arc page it's just x series and it's just all of them thanks guys <laughs> yay yeah, this is truly the darkest timeline, I have to say. <laughs> like, why? 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 How is it that we've gotten ourselves well, to I this mean, point? I mean, honestly, I, I understand some of it. Like, my impression, I don't know if this is an official thing, but my impression is that Intel's trying to get their model numbers to actually make more sense. It's just a little bit confusing now because it's not what we're used to. But uh -huh. I believe, my, at least my gut, is that like the 10900K and the 10900X are supposed to be roughly equivalent in performance. So it's it's okay. not about like differentiating like these two lines as much as it is trying to get across to people the actual performance of each one. Um, okay. And you know that's actually kind of nice to us, you know, as a workstation manufacturer, because then like because a lot of people they don't care what the chipset is if they're just like right. a video editor, they don't care. They're, they're not into like like that nerdy of details. Um, so for them, they just look and say like, oh, 10900K, 10900X, yeah, they're about the same. Both of them are going to be slightly slower than a 10920 but faster than a 10700. It's so like, in that case, I, I get it. Okay. So then what, I guess that, that's actually a really good place to start off then. So then what's the difference? If they're, if they're about equivalent in performance, why are they splitting them off? Why, what is the difference then? Yeah, and it's mostly the, the HEDT, the X-Series lines have um, more robust feature sets. Like it has more PCIe lanes if you need a lot of video cards. Uh, it has higher memory support, more um, memory channels, more memory mm. channels. Uh, most mostly, those two are kind of like the two things, um, okay. as far as that goes. 
Um, so it, it's kind of similar to AMD with the Ryzen and Threadripper. I mean, they go from 3900X, 3950X, and then Threadripper is 3960X, 3970, and 3990. So like Intel and AMD are kind of doing the same thing. The only difference is AMD doesn't really have any overlap between those two lines. Sure. Okay, that's cool. Right on. So um, I guess the next the next logical step in all of this discussion then is um, how how good is it? Is it um, and then, and I ask that I suppose as a comparison then t- from what's been launched the X stuff and also the equivalent previous generation the nine thousand series which also carried the X then no. Well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, the X series has always been X, and then the consumer stuff, uh, like ninth gen, tenth gen, those either have K, KF, F, or nothing. <laughs> sure. Let's <laughs> talk. And then they all mean different things. Um, right. But as far as performance, like, I mean, William, I have to admit, I haven't read through all of your articles yet, so I can't speak for you. But to me, like, they're they're okay. Um, yeah. Like versus the previous gen, it's like. Anywhere from five to ten percent faster, which, you know, considering this is like the fourth iteration of Skylake, like what the what uh, manufacturing architecture is based on, is like the fourth time Intel's released product. Like, there's only so much they can, you know, milk out of it. So it's it's about right. I mean, the cool thing is it does eat into the X series line quite a bit. Like we talked about the 10900 X. Honestly, I would say that 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 CPU is pretty much not necessary for anybody um even the 10920x the 10900k at least in all my stuff like it was as fast or faster so like if anything it's just cannibalizing some of the x series line and then the only people that are ever going to use those lower end technically um, x series cpus are going to people who are doing like gpu farms or something like that where they want quad gpus all running at you know higher speeds and so they can't go with like a 10th gen yeah that's I've seen largely the same thing. It's a it's an improvement over the nine series stuff. Uh, I mean, because you're looking at similar clock speeds. I think maybe even a touch faster clock speeds and two extra cores compared to the 9900K. That the top end one, the 10900K, replaced that. Uh, and then uh, at the next step down, the 10700K is replacing a 9700K. And the main difference there is it's gained hyperthreading. Uh, the 9700K was an eight core without hyperthreading. This is an eight core mm-hmm. with hyperthreading. Okay. Uh, so you get that extra little bit of a boost. Um, but yeah, in most of my stuff, it's, each of the processors compared to the previous one was 5%, maybe 10% faster in some cases. Hmm. Um, so nothing you know, tremendous, but yeah. I mean, they're the same price. It's just replacing it's it's an upgrade it's not not monumental but also not like there's no reason not to if you can get them uh which yeah of course who knows how availability is going to go uh product launches are always tricky uh <laughs> you know because because you have to get not just the cpu but also the motherboard uh right. the new generation motherboards so mm. if you can get both then there's no reason to go with the older stuff okay yeah, at least from a new system standpoint i mean like someone who wants to upgrade I don't know. There, there's no point. That's true. I, I would uh, say if you're on the last generation or maybe even the gen before that, it'd be hard to say it's worth an upgrade. Yeah, maybe um, if you're back with like the seventh gen, definitely sixth gen, you'd see a big sixth, jump. Oh, because well, sixth sure. and seventh gen especially were a lot lower core counts. You were much more on four, maybe six cores there. 
Right. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, you can definitely get more. But like, I've got a 9700K at home. I'm not going to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I'm on a 7600K or something. And I mean, me though, I don't really do like much gaming that requires anything or anything else. Like, I do a little bit of like video editing and like um, graphic design kind of stuff just for work, sure. but it's never anything that requires much. And I do it so rarely that I don't care if yeah. it takes a couple I'm, extra minutes. Right. I've been getting by on a 6700K in this laptop yeah. for two years now. I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm good for a little bit. Yeah, but, but we're uh, also not professionals th- in, exactly. in those fields. <laughs> and and it seems it seems, I don't know. It seems like the last two or three generations, I'm gonna say, um, have 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 seen a similar steps up. Just just a little bit, five to ten percent, five to ten percent. There hasn't really been anything like extraordinary coming out of Intel yeah. in years. And yeah. is that well, like? Do you guys not to say anything like, uh, you know, secret or NDA or anything, but what's what's the deal? Like we've seen significant improvements from AMD um, from generation to generation to generation lately. And well, Intel's on what, like the fourth, I think you were saying fourth generation of one specific technology. Like they've just been making improvements to it. Yeah. Um, And so eventually when they're able to make a jump to a smaller manufacturing process, I think 10 nanometer is their next target. Uh, that should be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happens, I don't. Yeah, that's seems... yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm trying to also sort through what's NDA and what we, what's public, right? Because right. uh, that's always tough in these kind of things, especially live. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was just yeah. They um, they had a lot of problems actually manufacturing things at 10 nanometer, and so they wow. had to recycle. Because normally they, they stay on the same like nanometer for two generations, I think. That, that's their whole TikTok, like TikTok, TikTok. TikTok thing. So TIC is when they have a new manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. TOC is when they refine it. And then the TIC again is when they go to the next one. And now we're mm-hmm. on like TIC, TOC, TOC, TOC. So it's been a lot of those TOCs. Um, Somebody and, broke their clock. Uh-oh. Yeah, broke their clock. Yeah, it's, it's stuck there it's sitting on the same second here. Um, so <laughs> they're just having to do... It's not even so much the the people who are like designing the chips. I'm pretty sure it's they're mm. being held back by the manufacturing side of things. So they're having to wait until the manufacturing side yeah. of things goes. So I think it's going to be really interesting once they do hit that 10 nanometer and able to manufacture it. Like how much stuff has Intel been kind of like almost having to hold back that they've already developed that they're mm-hmm. just going to be able to like slap right in as soon as that 10 nanometer is actually hit, which I mean, hopefully will be the next. You know, CPU launch, which is every, is it like every six to nine months until launches new generation? Something like that? I mean, if you count every single different product category, but I think it's more closer to 12 months for 12 months? each segment. Okay. Well, I mean, when when that happens, I'm I'm hopeful that it'll be on 10 January. I think they kind of have to. You know, right. I mean, at this point. There's only so but, much you can do with. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the process that you've got now, like how much more can you possibly squeeze out of this? Exactly. Well, they're, they're so threatened power by limits AMD. at this point. Interesting point, William. There has been talk about uh, power issues, or uh, maybe issues isn't quite the right word, but um, it, I've seen it. I've seen it in the social media and um, in in some of our own. I, I suppose internal discussion about um, power draw with these newer CPUs is that was that more of just a early release kind of hiccup or is that still continuing you know, now, now that it's like a thing? 
I think we're going to have to kind of see some things have to settle up a bit um, because a lot of it, I don't think is actually Intel's fault. It's the motherboard manufacturers. Um, so we had this years ago. Um, there is a feature in a lot of boards called multi-core enhancement and it was defaulted off for years and like whatever people could enable it. All that this did was it, so CPUs, you can have single core turbo. So like right. what, speed it can run at when only SQL core is loaded. And then the turbo speed when all of the cores are loaded because it can't maintain uh, that frequency and that power draw and everything to each core when all the cores are being loaded. And what this multi-core enhancement did was it just made it so that all cores were able to run at the single core turbo boost. So oh. it's essentially just automatic overclocking. Um, and a couple of years ago, a lot of board manufacturers decided, you know, we're going to have that enabled by default. Like auto now means enabled, not disabled. And so okay. it was throwing like reviews, like some reviews were posting one number, another review was because they're using a different motherboard where like it was either you know defaulted on or off. And like huh. reviewers were all having different numbers. So reviewers were showing different power draws and, and all of this stuff. And it was a that mess. That sound familiar pretty recently. Yeah, and, and we did a whole so, bunch right? of stuff on it. Um, like, was it Kyle? Uh, who's the YouTuber Kyle? Um, I forget Bitwit. what his actual monkey is. Bitwit Kyle? But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bitwit Um And he did a bunch of stuff, and then that basically it got enough publicity that the motherboard manufacturers decided, like, oh, okay, we shouldn't do that. We're going to switch it back to being default off. And they did that um, initially to having a default on because motherboards, like, if someone's researching into what motherboard should I use, if there's this board that magically gives them 5% higher performance, great, they're going to use that board, but they don't understand right. that all it's doing is auto overclocking. So they were viewing it as a, like, value add to their customers when really it wasn't because it was automatically overclocking. Mm. Um, and so now we're getting, I, I think we're seeing kind of similar things. It's not that one feature anymore, but what we're having or what we saw was that motherboard manufacturers aren't following Intel's power limits. It's a uh, PL1 and PL2 limits. I think it's oh. PL1 is like long-term power draw and PL2 is like spikes. So when you like, you launch an application like it it's going to spike your usage for a second um and then like how long it can stay at those higher power draws and motherboard manufacturers were just ignoring intel's specifications and just setting it to like crazy numbers and it, it's an interesting topic because a lot of that power draw stuff is limited by, by the motherboard quality like the quality of the voltage regulation okay. and technically if the motherboard can handle it and your cooling can handle it great but uh, at least where we view it um, from us to Puget Systems is we would rather the default be stock <laughs> and yeah. then let people overclock rather than like essentially auto over overclocking and then having to set it to stock. So like all of our testing, we went in and we manually set those power limits back to what Intel says they should be. And honestly, it wasn't even much of a performance difference. Like I know, William, you saw a little bit in some things. I saw like a percent or two. And it dropped the temperature from being 100 Celsius, basically throttling with a Noctua, nice Noctua cooler, to being just fine. And so yeah. some of that too, it's like that, those removing those limits doesn't even really get you much. Hmm. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, William. <laughs> it was, no, it's been a big summary. Topic. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's weird thing because there's just so many things where we're limiting clock speeds, we're limiting power draw, voltage, temperatures. There's a lot of these little factors. And yeah, if you if you remove the limit or increase the limit on one, you're just going to run up against a limit on another. And so, yeah, we went from running, instead of running into power limits, we're running into thermal limits. 
Mm. And okay, thermal limits are a fine way to do it too, but just the fact that different motherboard manufacturers were using different standards, their own versus Intel's, it was causing a mess mm. of confusion uh, here on our end for a while and whatnot. So, um, you know, just stuff that's, you have to deal with in this industry. <laughs> that's curious. Is there, um, I, I imagine that they're, they're just allowed to do that. Like there isn't any sort of regulatory thing where every, yeah. do, do they all come I together mean, at some point and say like, look, look, okay guys, we're all going to do this. And like, you know, well, is that because, like an IEEE thing or like these, or, these kind of settings, like they're intended by Intel to be settable and adjustable. Like that's, that's kind of their purpose. I think the difference is it's almost, I don't want to say it's a marketing thing, but it, it's its how how misleading is that motherboard manufacturer willing to be almost? Like if, if they say like, oh, this motherboard is capable of it and it, it defaults your power limits to this much higher, like that's great, honestly, to me. I'm fine with that. My, my problem is always when people do those kind of things and make your system run outside of spec without telling you. Yeah, like when it's the, an advertised when the, feature, great. Yeah, or when like when auto is you can't tell auto is that mean it's on? Does that mean it's off? It's mm -hmm. you know not a standard thing um, across different brands. And I'm, I'm sure Intel probably can exert some influence on motherboard manufacturers when it comes to stuff like that. But no, there isn't a regulatory board or anything that can force stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of wish That's that there was something for CPUs like a. RAM XMP profiles because like you plug in RAM into your system and it'll default to the JDEC timings like the default baseline timings that like are great um, and then there's these profiles called XMP profiles which I think they're just like supposed to be extreme performance <laughs> something Probably. I don't know I don't actually Probably. know what it's something like that yeah uh, and those profiles are basically auto clock or auto overclock settings. So you just say, I want to use this XMP profile and it goes and it does. And those settings are like um, certified or, or verified by the, the brand, uh, the manufacturer. So like Samsung and oh, Crucial and Kingston cool. and stuff, they all have it like, these are built into the RAM modules that you can just say, I want to use this XMP profile. And I wish That'd there was cool. something like that. And it was like built into the motherboard in that case where they know, like Asus or Gigabyte, they know that their motherboard is able to handle these power limits. So you just have a profile for that, like, higher power limit. And then, like, it's, it, I mean, it's still your problem to deal with, like, the cooling and the, you know, the sure. what happens because of that. But that way, at least it's, like, a, it, it's clear. And, like, XMP is so um, widely used now, at least in, like, the enthusiast community, that everyone knows what it is. And a lot of those people just use it. And if they could make something like that, for like this power draw and turbos and nice. all that kind of jazz, that'd be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. So we do have a question from chat, uh, in particular from Don. Um, did either of you have any standout performance results from the 10900K? William? Um, not hugely. Uh, the best one, so I, I did, we did five articles and I've, I've done a little bit of testing on other things, but the one where it did the best uh, was Agisoft Metashape, which is a photogrammetry program. Okay. And that's one that ever since we've been testing it, or at least the last couple of years, has always done well with moderate core counts, very high clock speeds. So before this, like the 9900K was really good. Um, some of the top end Ryzen's are pretty good. And yeah, this one uh, ended up being the best performer on average. And I think it 
three out of four tests I run on that, it, it won and it came in second on the fourth one. Nice. So uh, that's probably the best spot. But again, it, it only beat out the 9900K by around 5%. So it's not dramatically faster, but yeah, it's good. Okay. Yeah, that's about what I saw too. It's those applications that can't benefit from a lot of cores. For me, in like the video and photo in, uh, industries, it's like Photoshop and After Effects. Um, those ones, like I saw, I think maybe up to a 10% over the 9900K, but nice. compared to like AMD, like the like the 3900X versus the 10900K now, um, the 10900K is like 5% faster, which like five percent, great, but like, are you gonna notice that in the real world? Like, and and what's that costing you to get that five percent? Is that is that an oh, nothing? The the ten nine hundred K and the thirty nine hundred X from AMD are the same price. Oh, okay, okay. I think AMD although there's rumors, is there's rumors prices. that AMD is cutting. Yeah, I've heard that. That's... I don't know if that's official or someone just looked at a sale oh. that wasn't marked as a sale. <laughs> I don't know. That happens all the time. Like yeah. AMD is though. It seems like their products do go on sale a lot more. Intel. Um, that doesn't really matter for us as a workstation manufacturer because we get different pricing anyway right. than the public. Um, so I think some people also like look at our products or whatnot and they see that we recommend the 10900K when it's only a few percent, but it's $100 more expensive because they're looking at some sale. But again, that, that price right. doesn't really apply to us. Um, and But yeah, so it's a little bit faster in those things. But again, like 5%, yeah, you're not really going to notice a lot of times in those cases, we end up going with Intel because of things like Thunderbolt. Um, we tend to have a little mm -hmm. bit less driver issues. Sure. It, it's just we've been involved with Intel for so long that we have a ton of like engineering contacts and things like that. And right. it's getting better with AMD. I think, I don't remember what the last um, metrics were. And I, I don't know if these are public or not, but it was something like, was it like, 30% of our revenue now is AMD by CPU, or it might have been higher it's, than that. It's up, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely. Which is pretty I know, cool. I know part of that was um, supply issue. We were, a lot of people just yeah. didn't want to wait for the Intel thing, and so we Yeah, Intel X Series has been in shortage. Threadripper. Yeah, so. yeah the X Series it's, has been awful. And in a lot of times, like the, it's only, in a lot of the stuff I test, at least, like Premiere Pro, the 10980XE is the only one that is actually faster than like the Ryzen CPUs because the 3950X is a 16 core you know desktop CPU and the 10980XE is an 18. I mean, core count doesn't actually matter for actual performance, but that was the only one where like it's actually faster. Uh, so a lot of people could just go to Ryzen. Um, yeah. Our big problem on a lot of those kind of ones, especially in like the video world, is Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt just isn't as good on AMD yet because I think they just started getting official certification for Thunderbolt really recently. Because I mean, Thunderbolt's oh, right. it's owned by Intel. So Intel does all the certifying. <laughs> um, and they're just now, it feels like, starting to actually officially certify some stuff. There were some unofficial ones out there for a long time. But man, anytime we've tried those, Thunderbolt on PC is such a, I don't want to say it's terrible. It, it's. <laughs> It's because there's so many moving parts. Like you have the motherboard yeah. BIOS, you've got the Thunderbolt firmware, you've got the drivers, you've got Windows. There's so many different pieces that actually have to work together that it yeah. seems like there's very few implementations of it that actually is working together properly. Yeah, yeah some people are commenting too. There are situations where 5% is the difference between crashing and rendering. Price, price is meaningless when you charge by the hour. Yeah, I um, don't think... I don't think performance is what gets you not crashing. I think not right. overclocking, having a solid system, 
that is what's going to make you not crash. And uh, right. honestly, I like, let's just get into like our company philosophy a little bit. Like we don't go for that extra couple percent if it's going to give up any amount of reliability really. So that's why we don't offer overclocking like at all. anymore. Yeah, we right. used to. Or but, memory like, speeds above what manufacturers certify on the CPU right. and things like that. And like the... if you're your, if you're like oh. a DIYer, you're building your own system, you love that tweaking with that stuff, great. Sure. Our customers don't, they don't know what a BIOS is often. <laughs> so like they don't want to have to go in and tweak anything ever. And like, yeah, one crash can mean that like their render that was going for eight hours, now they have to restart it. That's a whole nother basically business day. That, that's yeah. way worse than, you know, losing a few percent. Let's see. So we, another question from the chat. Uh, is the 10980XE a strong CPU for Premiere, uh, or would you do something else? Uh, ignore price, NVEC encode, good enough, and there would be five to six NVMe drives. PCIe lanes is an issue. Um, I mean, if price, price is no if price is no concern, go through Threadworker. Um, it's a little bit faster. I think, I want to say that the 24-core Threadworker, that's the 3960X, it's a good chunk faster for like exporting. Oh, oh, but you said NVENC is okay. Um, well, so I'm just going to finish my thought. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit better. It's a tiny bit better for like live playback, which I think is why you would, if price is no object, you go for that. Um, the 32 core, the 3970X, it's like a percent more. So I don't know if I'd invest in that, even if price is no object. And then the 64 core is worse than those two because you, you add too many cores and like the frequency gets lower and then things don't scale properly. And so it's not as good. So price is no object. You can go that way. Um, the 10980 XE though, it's very, very close. And so again, if you want something like Thunderbolt, um, you want to stay on an Intel platform for whatever reason, then yeah, the 10980 XE is great as long as you can get it. Um, I mean, we've had supply issues for a long time and you know, we're working like directly with Intel and you know, vendors and like we get special allocation essentially. And like, we have huge problems uh, getting a handle uh, a hold of those. But if you can, yeah, it's absolutely great. Um, you mentioned NVENC encoding. Uh, I, I'll just throw in here that, like, if you're not aware, that is actually an official thing now in the 14.2 version of Premiere that came out like two days ago or three days oh, ago. Oh, so that's out of beta now. That's like a thing. Yeah, it's out of oh, beta cool. now. So it's really cool. I, I need to do a bunch of testing huge. for that. Huge. Yeah. I remember your beta testing was showing like 50% improvements and stuff like out. Did just oh, it was like, no, it was like three or four times. That was nuts. Four yeah, times faster. crazy. Uh, and so that's going to yeah. be really cool because encoding takes a lot of time and if you can do it on the GPU now and a lot of times people are worried about quality loss because hardware based encoding is technically always going to be lower quality than software, which just means on the CPU. Um, okay. But man, we did a bunch of testing and I didn't see any difference. Uh, I mean, it's possible at like really low bit rates, like if you're trying to not use YouTube to up. Like if you're if you're uploading like to your own like system that needs insanely low bit rates, like maybe you'd still go software. But man, it looks really good um, in terms of quality and speed. And yeah, at that point, then you don't need as much CPU power. Um, but it's not yet there for decoding. So like actually like playing things in your timeline, your GPU is not being used. That's still CPU. Mm. Um, but once you get up to like those level of like the 10980 XE or the Threadripper, eh, it's going to be about the same either way. Hopefully that answered the question. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I think that hits it for the chat. Um, you know, uh, let's see. I found uh, my AMD builds are not quite as fluid when working in Premiere. 9900K seems smoother. Have you seen evidence to back that on your end? Uh, 
it most likely I'm going to take a guess here that you're working with like H.264 media. Um, and that's probably because the 9900K has um, quick sync and that's used to do that decoding of H.264 and HVC codecs that I was talking about a little bit ago. And so, yeah, it, it can help quite a bit in those kind of things. So that's probably what it is. If you're using some other codecs, oftentimes that kind of stuff comes down to people have like RAM that's running above spec and it's not as stable as they think it is. Like mm -hmm. you can run memtest, you can run a data, whatever, and it can say it's fine, but that's not always reflective of actual like reality in these real world applications. So I would say double check, make sure you don't have any sort of overclocks, you're running everything at stock speeds, even if it's just temporary as a troubleshooting step and, right. and see what you go. Because the, the 3900X and the 9900K, which I think that's what you said, um, should be pretty darn close. It's just with H.264 and HEVC codecs that the 9900K is going to be noticeably better. So I, I'm curious, was, so in a similar vein to, to Don's question earlier about standouts, was there anything about the, the, the testing that really was kind of weird or, or that stood out um, to you guys? Like something unexpected, I suppose. It was a pretty boring launch. <laughs> like you'd even see, like if you go on like Reddit or whatever, like there's not a lot of talk about it because it's, it's really just like a refresh at this point. To refresh that requires you to buy a new motherboard. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just kind of, I don't want to say whole home, but kind of, <laughs> it, it was just a, a very minor launch. So no, I don't think there was anything really surprising. The power stuff was the biggest like hurdle that we had to deal with during our testing, but that's not like a performance thing. Yeah. William, you find similar? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, trying to think, I guess I was expecting a little bit more myself because of the two extra cores i mean 25 percent more cores you know if you just look at the raw numbers not actual performance should have been more like 20 25 percent faster even if the, sure. in, in some applications and things where it was well threaded and, and i guess we saw that in a, i saw that in a couple places like cpu rendering cpu based rendering like uh ray tracing is really well uh threaded mm -hmm. so that did see substantial jumps but this also isn't really the sort of CPU you'd usually want for that with in the same price range, you get better performance with Ryzen because it's got even more cores uh, and you can get way better performance if you're willing to spend more on Threadripper. So there's, there's some stuff like that. I guess I just, yeah, in general, in the normal applications, things that aren't as well threaded, I was a little underwhelmed. Um, I mean, I guess it'll be better but, for like yeah. multitasking. I mean, yeah, that's the that's... thing that like we never do in our testing because it's impossible to like. That's true. It, it's hard. The very nature of multitasking is that it's going to be different for everybody. Um, yeah. But yeah, technically, if you are doing like multiple things, you're like trying to do some video editing and you've got Chrome open with 50 tabs, you know, it's going to eat into a lot. And you're watching a YouTube video and you're playing a game at the same time. Like, yeah, technically, yeah, it, it's probably a little bit better than what a lot of benchmarks will show. Yeah, that's true. And that's actually, that brings up a good point, though, as... As you get higher in core count, if you are doing widely disparate things, what you're going to start hitting at some point is memory bandwidth limitations. And mm. I don't think any of my normal testing really betrayed that, but I've been doing some separate testing for a customer of our labs department uh, for our new Ooh. consulting service. And it turns out yeah. their software <laughs> is extremely sensitive to... Um, 
to memory bandwidth actually seems memory bandwidth and maybe cache size because like the uh the 10900k is really really good when they're only running a couple of instances of their software but mm -hmm. the moment you start running more than like three or four it just kills performance even though there's more cores it's a very single threaded application so in theory you, you should see good scaling up to 10 cores right or mm -hmm. 10 threads but no it, it drops off around three or four whereas wow. something like threadripper which has quad channel memory or yeah. some of the Xeons that have six channel memory scale up much higher, even though their clock speeds are lower. So it's it's an interesting thing. Mm. There's going to be some niche stuff like that where just adding more cores to a mainstream processor when the memory bandwidth and stuff isn't there to support it. Sure. Is well, and, that's, and that's because it's trying to hold the job in memory, right? Like the job well, is just so big that, that it's it's having to feed more chunks into it. Is that is that kind of the the... Effectively, what it's uh, sort analogy. of what it's doing is moving stuff that's probably sitting in the memory onto the cache on the CPU to actually do calculations, and then replacing it with more stuff in order to do the next calculation. And it's it's that pathway of getting the memory to the cache that if you just you know it's uh, I've seen people talk it's, about it as like lanes on a highway, right? Sure. Um, you know, the more lanes you have, even if the speed of the traffic on those lanes isn't higher the more stuff is just going to get through yeah um, I, I was going to use an analogy of like you're trying to unload a car if you have a dozen people trying to unload like a little tiny little car like it's not hmm. going to do much because only really one person can like reach into the door at a time but if you have like a, yeah. a trailer like a, a semi-trailer you can have a dozen people and they can all be unloading at the same time it's just different architectures in this case like car versus semi-truck okay. and like differs you know how well it can work but it's also not always that straightforward either like um if you give an example where amd is better uh i can give an example of where it's worse uh after effects there's a feature called ae render where you can spawn multiple instances of after effects because after effects is very lightly threaded and mm -hmm. you can basically just say like okay load after effects just a dozen times and use it to render um this composition and like okay this core you get frames one through ten you get eleven through twenty and 21 through whatever and it'll and it'll paralyze that like that yeah you have to That's manually amazing. do it but you can just like make a batch script and run it or there's a bunch of plugins that do it for you um but what's interesting wow. is that amd cpus for whatever reason are terrible at it huh. like you have like the 16 core like the 3950x and as soon as you you know spawn a bunch of these render threads like in after effects normal it's about the same performance as a 9900K or a 10900K. But as soon as you do all this parallelization stuff, the 10900K is like way faster than AMD, even though it has fewer cores. So wow. it's not, but huh. and it, but wonder... AMD is also using like higher frequency RAM because they, they support 2933, I think is what we usually test with. Mm -hmm. And like the 9900K was 2666, but, uh, but yeah, it was still way faster. So it's not even just like RAM. It's probably got some things that have to do with cache and like, the speed well, like, of things internally, the like and no one how ever they handle like about. that. The, it's something. The, I remember um, Don had bumped into some issue with uh, with some of his stuff, and it it had something to do with the way that they implemented like the chiplets and the Infinity Fabric and that kind of a thing. Something All the stuff how, that's way beyond me. How the yeah <laughs> it, it, it it yeah it went over my head a bit too. I kind of understood that it really came down to almost how the chip is physically 
put mm-hmm. together and it has it had like trouble like getting some stuff from over here to talk to this stuff over here and and that kind of a thing so um and just uh real quick someone was asking uh what plugins um do that uh, for after effects that paralyzation yeah render garden i think is the most popular and then there's also bg render max okay if you google either of those i i yeah. i can't really endorse one of the other like i've never actually really used them um, but one thing to keep in mind with those things um, is that most of the reason why people use those plugins is because um, it takes a long time to export out of like After Effects because this only does exporting. Uh, okay. But After Effects, at some point, they're adding uh, multi-threading capabilities re- back into um, After Effects. Um, so before like they, they had like this this whole like parallelization thing where you can separate like this frame goes to that core, this frame goes to that core. They had that built into After Effects back in like. 2014, and then they got rid of it when they were adding GPU acceleration because it just like was breaking everything. Um, huh. And they're adding back in multi-threading capability. It's not going to be the same way where like it's separating frames per core. It's like true multi-threading where I, I think it's they did some demo at like Adobe Max and they were talking. It's like each layer can go to different cores. So it's something really complicated and that's huh. why it's taking so long to come actually even to beta. Um, but so that is supposed to be coming. So at some point, it might be that these plugins that do this, like parallelization, might not be necessary anymore because After Effects is just way better at multi-three. We'll, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, that'll be cool, huh? That's yeah. neat. Let's see. I'm trying to see if there were any questions that came in from, from Twitter or anything. Because um, the, the chat's going on about video games right now. and <laughs> I don't know much about video games. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a gamer's <laughs> nexus kind of thing. So... That's why you go to different sources for different kinds of like yeah. benchmarks and information. Yeah. Right. Let's see. Let's see. Well, yeah, I guess um I guess it seems like it seems like this went fairly smooth. There wasn't any real uh, other than the power thing. Um I mean, we still haven't even launched it yet on our site. We're like we're not selling it to customers because okay. like we still have qualification of motherboards to finish and oftentimes right at launch is not a time that we want to launch things because there's always problems always and um you know this one's no different with the power thing so like this isn't really unusual that we're running into issues pretty much yeah and there's Um, always availability stuff too i want to say we're it's looking like cpus are going to be okay but this time motherboards are going to be hard to get for a while so you know, we don't want to start selling something and then turn around to me and be like, oh, yeah, sorry, there's a month lead time. Right. Although we've uh, been yeah. doing that with X-Series for a long time. Well, <laughs> that had already launched before we started having trouble, though. Yeah. We launched and it was okay, and then it got bad. So I, I suppose yeah. to, to kind of drill a little further into that motherboard thing, we've, we've obviously we must have gotten a, at least a sample. Otherwise, yeah, we I couldn't do the testing. Yeah, I think we've okay. MSI, it, Zeus? Yeah. If, if Weird can... Thing. Oh, what was uh, what weird thing? Oh, I was just gonna say one weird thing. The very first motherboard we got came with a power supply as well because it was one of those new uh, DC power supplies. Oh, the uh, um, the eight, twelve volt the, or twenty four volt thing that they're moving. Yeah, where to, like right? I don't I don't remember what the it's called exactly, but yeah, where it's single rail. Is that what it is? Maybe mm, uh, where it's like it's supposed to be just one all... big plug into the board, right? And then. Yeah, so you go into the board, and then the board goes out to drives for power and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's, it's really like cool. only provides 12-volt, period, nothing else. Um, so it was weird. Uh, it was kind of interesting to Did you use it? hook that up. Yeah, that we oh, did that neat. for like 
we didn't actually do our final testing on that, but we did some like early stuff. Okay. The final testing we did on uh, one of the systems that uh, quali- our product qualification team is using for yeah, qualification. Yeah, the Gigabyte um, Z490 Vision? Vision D. Vision D. Like the replacement for the designator, yeah. This other one, I don't remember even what brand it was or anything, but it came in like a month earlier. So we we tinkered around with that a little bit. It was just, it's very strange having I mean, the 24-pin motherboard connector has been the same for Ever. ages. I mean, it was 20-pin and then went to 24, I think, at some point. Yeah. But like, it's been a couple decades, and this was just such a weird difference. <laughs> and then having cables going out from the motherboard to like SATA drives and stuff. Well, I think I, I bet there I thought is that eventually we were not going to have those kind of external drives. Everything's going to be um, like, like M.2. Like, honestly, Maybe. if everything can go M.2, it, I it would seems, love it. It seems either that or, or U.2, that bigger kind of square yeah, looking that thing. That still needs where, an external where, power connection though. Oh, well, yeah. I could see, I could see that becoming built into the plug where you just have one big thick thing that sticks into the board and then mm-hmm. it, it octopuses out. Yeah. I think for for though like desktops like things that people are using at home, I I'm still really hopeful that eventually you know once we hit price parity between solid state and platter drives, hopefully we can just get rid of platter drives, get rid of S you know SATA SSDs, just do everything M.2, just like motherboards might might have to offer more of those like sleds so you can use it in a PCIe slot and you can get sure. four drives, but like at a certain point like how much storage does most people need? inside of their system like More. we're even seeing that the people who need a lot of storage um like video editors so many of them are starting to go towards like nas units sure uh and, and things like that like network attached or direct attached you know through thunderbolt and it's just it's a better storage solution it, it, in my opinion because yeah. it separates your storage from your computer so if your computer catches on fire it's okay because your dad right. is still fine yeah uh, and like just like network well network speeds now are so fast like 10 gigabit networking that's yeah that's plenty for most people and you know the people who do need faster than that like they're probably gonna have to have specialized solutions anyway because anything that they need that high of speed they're gonna have whole, huge storage capacities yeah, they, they need hundreds of terabytes of, of, uh, that's a whole different level of of issue you're solving yeah. there at that point yeah so so i think intel is again this is not like any insider information but just my own gut I, I think they view that soon most desktops are going to be sold with just M.2 drives. And I get it. that feeling because uh, I, I feel similar because didn't they, it was uh, around the beginning of the year, their newer, um, maybe it was an Optane thing or, or a PCIe no, SSD. <laughs> well, uh, they came out with a new like P660 or something. I can't remember. Some, some high-speed drive and it's PCIe 4. And it's like they're already jumping, like leapfrogging their own stuff because you can only get PCIe 4 with AMD. Right. <laughs> but it's it's clear that that's the path is for mm-hmm. high speed storage and, and things like that is going to be M.2 PCIe and and that sort of. Well, because that's the solution. only way you can do that high speed, really. Because the problem with SATA is you're going from the drive to a controller on the motherboard, then mm-hmm. to like the CPU or or the chipset. Um, NVMe uh, allows, or PCIe allows you to go from the storage drive through its own controller, so they can tune those controllers specifically to that drive, yeah. then directly to the, the CPU or whatever. So you're removing the like 
what might be a good controller on the motherboard, which might be a crappy controller on the motherboard, to now the storage drive, they can control whether it needs to be a high-quality controller or not. And so, yeah, I think that's just the only way we're going to be going as things are getting faster and faster. I'm like, we're up to drives now. You can buy that are like seven or eight gigabytes a second. Like, yeah. that's insane. Insane speeds. That's cool. And like, honestly, those speeds, a lot of those NVMe drives, no one needs those speeds. Like, at, at all. <laughs> are you going to notice the difference? No, not not at all. Like, yes, I can launch Chrome 0.01 seconds faster. Great. But so many things. I, I think to be able to really fully realize the performance gains with those things we're gonna have to see a complete rethought of how people are like creating applications almost because my understanding is a lot of that launch time now is not reading that data from your hard drive it's unpacking it because it's, it's kind of almost like little zip files your exe is so it's got to read it from the drive the cpu has to unpack it and then it can actually execute stuff so I think the next thing we're going to have to see is where that packaging becomes less um, compact. Uh, it's it's kind of like with uh, video editing, you have codecs that are really compact, but it's really hard to process or mm -hmm. larger things. You get larger file sizes, but it's a lot easier to process because it's not having to like unpack those things. So I That's think once we start seeing larger applications that uh -huh. don't need to be decompressed so much, then we're going to be able to start benefiting from all those speeds. So that's why Call of Duty is 200 gigabytes now. Is, is Maybe. it's faster to take up more space? Or they're just really space. lazy. <laughs> or they just have ridiculous size textures <laughs> that are yeah. uncompressed. Hey, come on! If Mario, the original like NES Mario, could like share textures between clouds and the bushes, which is the same thing, they're just a different color. Just recolored. Like, come yeah. on, you you can be more uh, creative with your textures. I remember not to get off topic, but I remember there was a game years ago that got the developer got blasted because they used uncompressed uh audio files mm -hmm. for for like game sounds and stuff and it and it, it it ballooned the the storage space for the game because of it it's like you guys can compress your textures and this and that but you're not you're going to use these raw like ogg well, files or something like that it was it was yeah and they, <laughs> it was just like 45 gigabytes instead of the 12 it could have been or something it was i just remember that was kind of funny so to go kind of kind of rewind back to um the motherboard thing since we do have a few samples is there any one of those necessarily that stands out to you guys as being better than mm -hmm. another or and, and i suppose maybe a little peek at what it is that we're looking for when when something yeah. like this happens a new chipset a new half motherboard stuff comes you out know, like that that's always a funny one when people ask us about motherboards because it's such a different our requirements and what makes it a motherboard good for us is very different than someone building their own system sure. like for us like there's some things we know we want and we need um our customers we want thunderbolt is a big thing uh, Wi-Fi is basically required. We found that if our systems don't have Wi-Fi, people just assume it has Wi-Fi and then they're upset. Um, even if we say no Wi-Fi, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, so Wi-Fi and Thunderbolt's a big thing for us. Um, oftentimes we have to look at the PCIe slot layout. Uh, Cause like if you're building your own system Ooh. you're like, ah, that's not optimal, but whatever, I'm only putting in a video card. We have to think like, okay, well we want to be able to handle two, maybe three video cards. We have to think of all the different kinds of configurations. Um, and probably one of the biggest things for us is something that matters nothing to like a DIYer, and that's the relationship we have with that uh, manufacturer. So we've been doing a lot of work with Gigabyte 
uh, over the last, I don't even remember how many years. And a lot of that is because of how good of a relationship we have with them and like how good of a relationship we have with their engineering teams. Mm. Because any motherboard is going to have problems that come up. Sure. But when we of can course. go to them and say like, hey, we noticed this problem and they can give us a like beta BIOS in like a day or a week. And then it goes like live like the next month. Like that's awesome. That's huge hey. for us. Um, versus like someone, some other brand, brand X, where we tell them, hey, there's a problem and there's just crickets. Like it doesn't matter how good that motherboard is on paper. If there's a problem and we can't get it fixed, that's awful for us. Yeah. Um, so for us, I, I think right now Gigabyte is by far our like recommendation. But again, a lot of that is because of our relationships. Yeah. And I mean, we've only, I've only at least had hands on two motherboards. The, the, okay. Vision D board, which is a gigabyte, uh, and uh, the one that was in the qualification system, and then that other one that again, I can't even remember what manufacturer it was, uh, with the 12 volt power supply. So, so, so we not don't that actually Asus one over your shoulder. Uh, there's an that's a, that's a Z, that's yeah. not uh, <laughs> okay. Z490. That's <laughs> oh, I, I, that's I just can tell that single it's an Asus socket logo. Xeon Sage board. <laughs> oh, never um, mind. <laughs> uh, so we don't we're not usually directly involved with things like picking motherboards though like a lot of times the product guys when they're looking at a bunch of board options will ask us like hey for the systems you envision seeing these cpus in what features do your customers need like obviously if it's going to go in a video editing workstation thunderbolt's a high priority if it's going to go in a gpu rendering system then a lot of gpu support you know three four gpu slots is going to be important so we We'll give feedback and insight, input like that, but production or excuse me, product qualification uh, are the guys who are the ones that actually get their hands on maybe a dozen motherboards or half a dozen or whatever mm -hmm. and check them out, look at them in person, test them, you know, and then eventually qualify one or two that we're going to carry. Sure. Uh, so you get Josh on sometime if you want that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose a little further down the line that that actually would be a good idea because. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be important to kind of get an idea of, especially again, brand new, brand new chipset launch and that kind of a thing. Um, it would be a good idea to kind of get an insight into um, just how that works. And yeah, if he's comfortable and, being live. Yeah, I, know, that's, I mean, we're working at a tech company, a computer company. There's a lot of people that are very introverts. Hey, yeah, there's a reason <laughs> a lot of us aren't customer facing. So it's right, okay. yeah, it's I've okay. never had a customer facing role in the company, and that's why. And now, of course, I'm on podcasts and stuff all the time. Right, very different. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh, dang it! I had a thought and uh, and uh, and I lost it. Um, nuts! Dang it! Oh well, it'll probably come back to me. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Anything? Anything else in here? This and that. Um, oh, this is a little little more f future future thinking um, and maybe just guesswork at this point. But uh, do you think um, Intel will continue this this sort of iterative, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, with the 11th when they finally get a uh, 10 nanometer, or do you feel like maybe it'll be a whole brand new oh, no. It'll be the 11th, Jan. <laughs> you think? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, like, that that's normally their thing with their TikTok. I mean, ever since it was first gen to second gen to third gen, it's been that. And like, I don't even want to guess what first gen was. First gen was probably like 40 nanometer or something like 40 that. 40 down to 14. I, it was... It was like, like we've made two eighty six days or 
No, I, oh man, they, I, again, I'm making stuff up here. Like, yeah, I, was it the I don't P4 know exactly was the when they started. Or... Yeah, I don't remember when they started actually calling it gen generations. I think maybe it was like fourth gen is when they decided, hey, we're going to switch over to calling it this generation like the, rather the than 47, 40, the yeah. 4000 series. Maybe, maybe or... that was when. But I remember the 3000 series. I mean, you could, you could see and the 40 two? nanometers almost. Like, that's the thick. Well, so the uh, the i seven nine hundreds, like nine seventy and nine sixty and whatever, the first, I think those were the first core processors, were thirty two okay, nanometer. Thirty two nanometer. Um, so I'm assuming that would be the first gen of the core. Yeah. Stuff. And we skipped. There was no one thousand because we went from like nine twenty to like twenty six hundred k, which I still think was like the biggest leap in performance, like ever. Like I had a, <laughs> like my second system I think I ever built was a 2600K system and it was amazing. Yeah. Well, even that's, the core series cool. at the time was a huge jump over the whatever. What did they called before that. I don't even remember now. But yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was big. All I remember is my very first system was a Athlon AMD Athlon XP 2500. Oh wow. Yeah. That was back really? in like well, high court. school. Yeah, and I just remember there were so many days where like I didn't sleep that night because I was just playing World of Warcraft. Uh, <laughs> it must have been go to school the next day. It was the Pentiums. It was the core oh, yeah, core series was when Intel took the performance crown back from AMD in like I don't know twenty eight or two thousand eight two thousand ten something like that. AMD had yeah. been in the lead. Intel took it back, and then uh, AMD's back now. Yeah, yeah, with a vengeance. Which uh, is super cool. I'm, I'm uh, from and from every angle. I, I yeah. really like seeing it from. I mean, you, you, like what? I, I think at least at, close to half of our systems now are are recommending AMD. Is well, that? A, is that? I'm not it sure. Feels, what it it is. feels that way. The, Maybe it's, it, the actual you, number might be a little different. Yeah, but if you got rid of the 9900K, if Intel did not have the 9900K, Oh man, it would be totally different. Like I think yeah. the 9900K, that one CPU is like half of our sales. And wow. we carry like dozen or two dozen CPUs. That one CPU is so much of it because it's it was such a solid CPU. And then the Ryzen third gen is where AMD started really Just taking over. It. Like, and but for like a lot of the stuff we do because we do very targeted systems. Like we have right. People say I'm a graphic designer. Like that, that's what they do professionally. That's what they need. And like in those kind of situations, oftentimes the extra cores on AMD like doesn't even matter. So we right. just kept recommending the Intel because it was a more established platform. We had more experience with it. It was like all the bugs and kinks have been worked out. And so that's why, why we kept selling it for so long, even when AMD was as good. Um, but now like. Now AMD is kind of going to be the little bit more established platform because the you know like the Ryzen third gen has been out longer, and the tenth gen stuff is going to have problems because it's a new chipset. So it's it's going to be interesting to see in the next month or so when we finally actually start selling tenth gen what happens with AMD. Yeah. yeah. I mean, competition is good for everybody. Oh, it's good for, for the this. end user. Yeah. The only people it's really not good for is kind of us in a way because we do so much to try to slim down our product line because right. if we can only sell like a handful of things that makes supply way easier because we can buy in bulk uh, it makes our support easier because then our support team doesn't have to keep track of issues on five different motherboards they can do it on one or two 
And so for us, it almost makes it a little bit harder when we have two different things that are equally good or has very slight differences because now we have to carry two platforms. We have to support two platforms. We have to keep track of BIOS updates on two platforms. So, right. but for the end user, it's awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of, a lot of people are like, um, have mentioned about how it, you know, Intel's had to chase AMD a little bit with the pricing and, and things like that. Um, yep. which that's super cool. I, I like, yeah, I think in the end it is, it is positive because it, it's going to fire up innovation. It's going to be changing, you know, like now Intel really has to really push and figure out mm -hmm. their next nanometer change 10 or seven or whatever they're doing. Um, because they can't keep, they can't keep rehashing this stuff over yeah. and over again. So yeah. that'll be, yeah. It's, it's interesting to think back to, I remember just going back when AMD was really strong before. And I remember a huge issue was Intel thermal issues on the Pentium fours, mm -hmm. the thermal and power stuff, which is right back where we are now with these are like super hot running Intel's pushing it as far as they can on this manufacturing process. Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, the competition with AMD is what kicked them into gear and got the core series out. And hopefully we'll do yeah. it again. Now we just need AMD to do the same on video cards. I'm like hoping. They've, they've made some Fingers strides crossed. in like, like gaming. It sounds like their cards are really great mm -hmm. like at, at like the same price as NVIDIA. But NVIDIA has such higher... Like when you're comparing like a 5700 XT to like a 2060, then you realize, oh, there's also 2070, 2080, Titan... Like NVIDIA yeah. has such a high headroom, but man, those cards are getting expensive. It's crazy. So if we can get AMD to like really when, compete, especially for, for us, it's on like the pro the productivity side. So like right. GPU acceleration, not the gaming. Like if they could start competing there, oh, that'd be great. Cause then, you know, cause right now, like the video cards going into our systems are more expensive than the CPUs. Like we're carrying a four hundred dollars yeah, CPU with a two thousand dollars video card. It's blowing like, my mind. Yeah, it's, it's it's so backwards than from what it used to be. Like it's, it used to yep. be, like you would just invest so much in your CPU, and yeah, you toss in a hundred dollar video card. Right. Uh. Some of that's just because like the applications are actually using the video card now so much. You know, mm -hmm. though that's changed things, but it's also like this kind of war between Intel and AMD on the CPU side is driving down the CPU prices, and Nvidia is like, yeah, we'll do a two thousand dollar video card. It's fine. Right. Because they know they can get away with it. Yeah, I wonder because if, the people um, who need it are willing to pay it. Yeah, I wonder if Apple's. Um, I know Apple has had a bit of a an issue with Nvidia in recent years. I wonder if that will help AMD to kind of spur that or give them mm, give them maybe, maybe what they need to to push forward in that space. Maybe I mean some of that too. A Apple is just so different because they control all of the software and driver side of things. Like they yeah. don't use OpenCL often. They use their own metal, uh, you know, right. architecture for AMD video cards. And like they're even like Adobe is even dropping OpenCL support from a lot of their applications entirely. They're just moving it over to metal on on uh, on Mac systems. I see. But yeah, whole Apple thing is always. I don't know. Apple is almost like, like the further extension of what nvidia kind of is right now we're like yeah we'll make a mac pro that starts at twenty thousand dollars and yeah sure it's beat by a like three thousand dollar pc but whatever people will pay it <laughs> huh. okay right on well we're 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 right at our hour now so is there any, anything anything else you guys would like to mention about the the new launch and how it's affected uh i suppose either either top level the industry at, at large or or narrowed down to your specific expertise no, I mean, do, do keep in mind that, again, we're not listing them on our website yet. Um, if you are interested in getting a system with one of those, absolutely reach out to our sales reps. I think they're 
keeping a, a list uh, of people that they will contact once we actually have uh, it ready for launch. Um, but other than that, we yeah, just keep an eye out. If you're building a new system, go for it <laughs> over the ninth gen. But if you're just looking for an upgrade, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, well, thank you guys for uh, taking the time out of your day and joining joining uh, me thank and you. the audience uh, for for this quick little peek behind the uh, the curtain into you know the, this new CPU launch. So, uh, and thank everybody in the audience for joining us. And uh, we do this uh, Wednesdays is Workflow Wednesdays for industry expert Q and A sort of a thing, getting an idea of. Uh, more of our customer base in that sense. And then every Friday at this time is a peek in into the, the company and uh, the, our lab's open office sort of hour gives get you guys an opportunity to pick the brains of our internal experts. So um, follow the social media channels. We're Puget Systems pretty much everywhere except Twitch. I think it's just Puget Sys. Uh, if you're not already, you're missing out. So that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and um i know matt and william both have a have a presence on twitter and i'm sure elsewhere no um, not really the, i don't do social media the, <laughs> only twitter because i should <laughs> <laughs> all right um and so so it's good to follow them too because they, they always tweet out their their newest articles um like as they happen whereas uh the company accounts are maybe a little bit behind on that stuff so um th again thank you guys and uh, we'll see you all next time